0: Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. Turkey's central bank once again slashed interest rates on Thursday despite repeated warnings from economists that lower rates and a weaker currency tend to worsen inflation, sending the Turkish lira to historic lows against the U.S. dollar. The central bank seems to be driven by the unorthodox policies of Turkish President Erdogan, who believes that lower rates are the only way to curb inflation. Meanwhile, the decline in the lira's value and skyrocketing inflation are hurting Turkish households and businesses. Pyotr Zalewski joins The Greek Current to look into the drastic decline in the value of the lira over the last months and years, Erdogan's unorthodox economic policies and the influence he wields over the central bank, and how these developments are impacting Turkish households and consumers. Pyotr Zalewski is the Turkey correspondent for The Economist. Pyotr, welcome to The Greek Current. It's great to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Pyotr, the Turkish lira plunged to historic lows on Thursday after the central bank cut interest rates, dropping to 11.07 against the U.S. dollar. How drastic has the decline of the lira been over the last years?
1: I mean, it's been drastic enough over the past few years, but over the past few months, it has been quite precipitous. In fact, over the past week, it's been quite precipitous. You mentioned a low of 11.07 to the dollar. I think we at some point topped 11.31 to the dollar at some point yesterday. And so the lira at this point has lost a third of its value, about 33% against the dollar this year alone. And just to give you an idea of how fast this depreciation has been, it took the lira 27 months to get from 7 to 8 to the dollar. And I'm mentioning these figures, you know, not because this is a rather scientific survey, but because each of these, you know, round numbers was supposed to be a psychological barrier, which the lira has cleared in increasingly rapid fashion. So 27 months to go from 7 to 8 to the dollar. From 8 to 9 to the dollar took under a year, 11.5 months. From 9 to 10 to the dollar, it took a month. And to get where we are today, meaning from 10 to 11 to the dollar, took six days. And at this point, I think folks are counting down. The time remains for the lira to get to 12 to the dollar.
0: Pyotr Turkey's central bank, as we mentioned earlier, once again slashed interest rates on Thursday, despite repeated warnings from economists that lower rates and a weaker currency tend to worsen inflation which is currently running close to 20%, and some warn that it could hit 30%. How are these continued rate cuts by the central bank impacting the value of the lira? At this point, they're obviously the key driver of
1: the lira's depreciation, and also a key driver at this point of inflation. Obviously, you know, we've seen inflationary pressure mount across all economies, but in Turkey, this problem predates the pandemic. Turkey was already running double-digit inflation before 2020, and also running double-digit inflation because of a fairly misguided monetary policy. So official inflation is at 19.9%, but you have to bear in mind that the overwhelming majority of Turks believe real inflation to be considerably higher. I remember a poll that was taken earlier this year, which 83% of Turks said that they believe that the actual inflation numbers were higher than the officially reported ones. And one group of Turkish academics calculates that annual inflation is running at a rate of approximately 50 percent. Let's assume, you know, 19.9 percent. I mean, even if the real inflation is what the Turkish statistics office says it is, that's alarming enough. And it's even more alarming when you have interest rates that are 5% below the inflation rate. With the latest interest rate decision, the central bank brought the benchmark interest rate down from 16% to 15%. Again, so that makes for a negative real interest rate of 5%, and that's entirely unsustainable, and that has placed the lira under a lot of pressure and will continue to place the lira under considerable pressure.
0: The central bank, Pyotr, seems to be driven by the unorthodox policies of Turkish President Erdogan, who believes that lower rates are the only way to curb inflation. In fact, this week in parliament, he said he would continue his battle against interest rates to the end. Can you talk about this worldview by Erdogan and the influence he wields over the central bank?
1: The influence he wields over the central bank is quite clear. He has now gone through four different central bank governors in about two years. And the reason he has sacked most of the governors he has sacked in this period is because they didn't follow his guidance on interest rates. Some decided to increase rates, some were deemed not to have cut interest rates quickly enough. But Erdogan himself believes, and he has said this on numerous occasions, and on each of these occasions, the lira has taken a beating immediately thereafter, that the key to bringing down inflation is lowering interest rates. That's something that practically all economists disagree with. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of speculation as to why Erdogan believes this. Perhaps some say this is driven by the religious injunction against interest rates. Perhaps something else is at play. But I haven't heard anyone point to any, you know, economist, any serious economist that might have influenced Erdogan's thinking on this. So where this comes from, I think, remains a source of mystery. But the most important thing is it's there and it has determined the policy of the central bank for the past two years and has had disastrous consequences for the lead up.
0: There were some reports that indicated that the central bank could move forward with another interest rate cut in the future. Is that something that you're hearing as well?
1: I mean, there's some talk that this easing cycle is coming to an end, but the central bank has left, seemingly left open the possibility of another rate cut before the end of the year. So we could see another 100 basis point cut at the next monetary policy meeting in December. But The imperative right now for the central bank, all economists say, is not to stop cutting, but to hike aggressively. So even if the central bank were to stop cutting rates and hold the rate steady at 15%, barring any major change to inflation, we're still looking at a negative real interest rate of 5%. And we're still looking at massive pressure on the lira. So, you know, it's basically a matter of trading the worst for the merely bad.
0: Economists have warned that Turkey now risks even higher inflation, 30% potentially, and full currency meltdown unless the course changes and rates are raised, as you just mentioned. What are some of the economic shocks that analysts say Turkey could face if the lira keeps spiraling lower and lower?
1: I mean, the risk is obviously a full blown currency crisis, although some would tell you that a full blown crisis is what we already have and the big question at that point will become big question already is whether the central bank, which is under considerable pressure from President Erdogan, has the authority to hike rates when that is absolutely necessary because if not, you know the danger is that the lira would simply go into free fall because if you you know <laughs> lose any hope or lose any indication that the central bank is ready to defend the lira, the future for the currency is extremely bleak. We've been here before, and Erdogan has previously leaned on the central bank to decrease rates or to keep rates low. And we've had, at least on paper, spectacular economic growth and a surge in borrowing as a result. But at some point, the bank had to slam the brakes, and that led to a rapid economic slowdown. That's seemingly you know, the most likely scenario, but if we're looking at an environment where the you know, central bank simply no longer has the authority to increase rates in case of an emergency, then it's hard to say just how low the lira can fall.
0: This decline in value of the lira and the alarming inflation rates that we've seen have resulted in soaring prices, which are hitting households, businesses, and the average consumer hard. What's the real impact of these policies on the ground for average Turks?
1: Well, you know, maybe this will address a question that you posed earlier, but I mean, the consensus view is that this is happening, that rates are coming down because Erdogan thinks that this is the way to bring down inflation. So the consensus view is that Erdogan is effectively challenging the laws of economic gravity. Perhaps a more charitable view, although this is hardly the mainstream view, is that you know, this is all being done with a view to improving the climate for Turkish exporters and for borrowers in Turkey, which may be the case to some extent. There's always the question to be asked, you know, who's benefiting from this? And if you were to identify maybe a group of people who are benefiting from this in Turkey, yeah, exporters whose production chains might not be entirely dependent on foreign currency or who do not hold large foreign currency debt probably stand to benefit from this. The construction sector might be benefiting from this as well because they will want to keep mortgage rates low. But, you know, the great majority of Turks are hurting. They're hurting because while you have surging economic growth, very few people actually feel the impact of this growth. And inflation and currency depreciation, which are the result of these misguided monetary policies are starting to lay waste or have been laying waste to the wages of ordinary Turks. Not so much the savings, because most Turks, in fact, will channel their savings immediately into hard currency, but certainly wages. And so these are policies that have begun driving millions of Turks into poverty. And I say millions because, you know, there's some data to support this over the past couple of years alone According to the World Bank, 3.2 million people in Turkey sank into poverty. Now, to some extent, this is the result of pandemic and lockdowns, um, rise in unemployment. But to a large extent, it's the result of declining purchasing power. People can no longer afford the things they used to be able to afford, you know, ranging from, I don't know, vacations abroad for the middle class or upper middle class to Some basic food products for the poor. To give you an idea, you know, leaving aside GDP figures, you know, denominated in lira or Turkish GDP purchasing power parity, in dollar terms, per capita GDP in Turkey today, okay, is back to where it was in 2009. And so, in terms of living standards, at least measured in dollars or income measured in dollars. Turkey has gone back over a decade.
0: Pyotr, Erdogan has faced mounting calls from the opposition and the Turkish business community to set aside this obsession with rate cuts in order to tame inflation and stabilize the currency. How is the current economic situation impacting Erdogan's and his party's popularity at the polls?
1: You know, the results are, are quite clear, or rather the you know, the verdict of polls that is quite clear that Erdogan's popularity, especially popularity of his party, are melting away. And I think there was a poll released today or yesterday that showed that the main opposition party, the CHP, had just pulled ahead of Erdogan's ruling Justice and Development Party, which, you know, is quite telling and also huge development in Turkish politics. And so if you were to have elections in Turkey tomorrow, there's a very high chance that the unthinkable would happen, meaning that Erdogan who has been prime minister or president of Turkey since 2003, would lose. Would lose in the presidential elections. And his party, which has been in power since 2002, would lose in the parliamentary elections. And this begs the question of why is he doing this? And who is benefiting from this if not his electorate? And I think that's something that a lot of us here are really struggling to understand. Because while some people or some section of the economy might benefit from this kind of monetary policy in this kind of economic environment, I think it's safe to say that the number of people who are hurt by this certainly outweighs the number of people who benefit. And so not only does this policy not seem to make economic sense it also doesn't seem to make political sense. And so that makes the job of understanding Erdogan's motivations even more difficult.
0: Piotr, thank you for joining us on The Greek Current. It was great speaking with you.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having me.
0: In other news, Greek-French defense cooperation and regional developments were the focus of talks between Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Misotakis and French Foreign Minister Jean-Yves Le Drian on Friday. Their talks also addressed ways of strengthening multifaceted bilateral relations with an emphasis on the defense and economic sectors. France's foreign minister was in Athens to take part in a quadrilateral meeting of the foreign ministers of Greece, Egypt, Cyprus, and France, which concluded with a joint statement reiterating the alignment of all four parties and stressing the importance of international law, in particular international maritime law and energy cooperation. They also committed to reinforce their cooperation on security and stability matters. Finally, Greece is the latest EU country to impose more restrictions on those unvaccinated against COVID-19 following a surge in infections in recent weeks. In a televised address to the nation on Thursday, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said that from Monday, unvaccinated people will be largely barred from indoor spaces, including restaurants, cinemas, museums, and gyms, even if they test negative for COVID-19. Mitsotakis appealed to all, particularly the unvaccinated elderly, to get their shots without delay. Greece is mourning unnecessary losses as it very simply does not have the vaccination rates of other European countries, he said. About 61% of Greeks are fully vaccinated, below the average rate in the EU of 65.4%. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.